0: Hello, and welcome to my final anti-Valentine's Day podcast, which is 2001's Valentine. Okay, as always, I'm going to give you a little backstory about the time I saw this movie. I saw this movie in the cinemas on my own on Valentine's Day 2001, after my date stood me up and then dumped me the following day. Yay for me. I think I was the only one in the cinema. actually I scratched that. There were 6 others, including the projectionist, yeah remember them. So I don't think this movie made much money. Anyway, on to the podcast. Starring David Boreanaz, Denise Richards, Marley Shelton, Jessica Chapshaw, Jessica Caulfield, Daniel Cosgrave, Flewver Sincere, Johnny Whitworth and Catherine Heigl. Directed by Jamie Banks. Okay, the plot. It's Valentine's Day Dance in 1988. And the school weirdo, Jeremy Milton, gets rejected by every girl at the dance until he asks the class fat girl and they kiss under the bleachers until they're caught by the school bullies and punch is dumped over him. Carrie style. He is then stripped and beaten. Flash forward to modern day aka 2001. It's almost Valentine's Day and the five girls are getting killed off one by one by a cherub mask wearing killer sending the girls Valentine's Day cards with death threats in them. It all comes to a head on a Valentine's dance where the killer turns out to be one of the girls? Hmm? So the movie opens on a yearbook from 1988 and intercut of the class weirdo, Jeremy Melton, asking all the girls he has a crush on to dance, but because he has thick, very un glasses, I'm sorry, but they look late 90s to me, not late 80s. A few spots and bad teeth, he gets rejected and mocked by all of the girls until he picks Dorothy, the school fat girl, and they make out, to use the American term, under the bleachers and they are caught by the school bullies. So Dorothy says he attacked her. So in true Carrie style he gets punched poured over him. However unlike Carrie he doesn't go on a killing spree yet and get his fiery revenge. Instead he is stripped and beaten up and he has a nosebleed. This is a very important part here. Also notice in the crowd One of the kids is wearing the creepy cherub mask. Is he she the real killer? Hmm. Or was that a plot thread that went absolutely nowhere? Now in the director's commentary, he claims he never ripped off 1974's Carrie by using the red punch dumped over Jeremy's head. That's utter bullshit. That is possibly the most famous part of the movie and he wanted to piggyback off its fame to get his lame-ass movie made. Cut to 2001 and 13 years later, where one of the five girls that rejected Jeremy Shelley played by pre-Grey's Anatomy Catherine Heigl is on a date from hell with super vain Jason played by Adam Harrington. She excuses herself saying she has finals in the morning and leaves Jason to pick up a bar skank. I will say before I get into this movie too deep was this supposed to be a feminist movie? I ask because every man in this movie is a skis and all the women are independent strong-minded women. Even right down to a female killer? Hmm. Even though it's from a male director and male writer. To Shelley about to do an autopsy. Future foreshadowing? Hmm. Until she hears a noise outside the room. By the way, the stiff was actually the executive producer and a friend of first-time director Even though technically this wasn't a first time direction because his first movie was Urban Legends but it says he's a first time director. Hmm. Moving on. And boy does this thing show because these shots are out of focus and it's full of cheap jump scares. Plus the audio looping in this movie is atrocious. Moving on. So Shelly investigates the noise and gets scared by an unnamed student, another friend of the director, and she notices a Valentine's card stuck to her locker. Which says The to love is an aborious trick. My love for you grows as you bleed from the neck. Yes, how very my bloody Valentine. So oh well, I don't know. How about you call campus security? And say you're getting death bit no, you decided to go back into the autopsy room, you ditzy bitch. She goes back to the autopsy room and her corpse surprise is the killer who moved the stiff into the freezer stripped naked and lies on cold hard steel table just for a cheap scare then gets up and runs off in a blink of an eye what the fuck is he harry who fucking dini why not just kill her standing in front of the freezer and why strip naked nope this fly by the seat of your pants as he says in his interest commentary director decides to do this lame ass run and hide routine instead of as i said earlier and also as it says in this the script originally, the cherub was supposed to sit up and kill Shelly, Michael Myers style, bit no, he has to hunt down Shelly, or rather, Shelly hunts for the killer and with a huge scalpel, she gets jumped from behind a curtain by the cherub who's fully dressed in a long black coat, black turtleneck, black trousers and black leather gloves. Oh, and that creepy ass cherub mask, the only thing that's may biggest gets right is the mask. As in all good horror movies, instead of fighting off the killer, Shelley runs off and hides in a corpse freezer with 20 or so dead bodies. Note the Halloween sting that the director claims was a mistake, again utter bullshit he tried to jump on Halloween's bandwagon. So the cherub decides to stab all the body bags until he finds Shelley's body where he finds her in the last body bag and slits her throat. Again, according to the director's commentary, he cut the gore out and violence even though the MPAA gave him the go ahead. Absolute fucking bullshit. Why would a first or second time director cut the gore if he knew this was going to be a solid R rating movie? Utter shite. Anyway, moving on. Cut to later that night, and Paige, played by post Sergeant Troopers and post Bond, Denise Richards, is dragging Kate played by Marley Shelton, who I knew from Planet Terror, a great tongue in cheek zombie horror from a few years back, to a speed date, remember them, oh god, where page states that are much better ways than blind dates, because six foot-ish is five four in loafers. Yeah, because women don't lie online. Also this is when I start getting a whiff of feminism writing. Like, there is something wrong with guys who are under 6 feet, what you can't reach the top shelves yourself. If you're over 6 feet 2, you're actually taller than 80% of men in the world. Interesting little factoid for you there. Cut to the dates, inverted comma, dates. With Kate, who is still in a relationship with her boyfriend Adam and, surprise, in true feminist style, she gets all the geeks, freaks, weirdos and Muscle Marys That's Jim Bunnies Which Paige steals Because uh, she's a slut Oh by the way the Muscle Mary She steals Brian it, Actually I said here is the guy she strips And Madonna's his dick But more not that later That's actually not true Because the movie kind of changed the script apparently Oh god knows. And know, moving on So after the fun time of humiliating 26 guys are over and Kate gets a call from Dorothy saying Shelly is dead. Cut to Shelly's funeral and you meet Kate's boyfriend Adam played by Angel's David Boranis. How it looks like he walked straight from the set of season 2 of Angel complete with the early noughties frosty tips and onto this set but with a worse wardrobe. Seriously what was it that jacket. Ugh. This is where Kate finds Adam Carr A car, get it, ugh, terrible joke, is back on the booze. Even though he tries to pass it off as a workmate's bottle for retirement party or some other piece of bullshit like that. Surprise, he is a real killer. Even sitting in a cinema, in a half empty cinema at the time, on my Todd, that's lonesome. I knew she was a killer because even though the director blames internet for this leaking the script crap this was blatantly fucking obvious anyway moving on so the girls all rally around Kate and we get introduced to Dorothy played by Jessica Champshaw who also later starred in Grey's Anatomy and Lily played by Jessica Caulfield who was everywhere in an noughties from legally blonde to stuck on you to white chicks? Telling her Adam is TGTBD, Too good to be true. And they discuss Shelley's death. The police presence and this is where we first meet Detective Vaughn, played by Flovo Flavo Sincere. Oh that's how you pronounce that. Terrible pronunciations. Anyway, moving on. Who was Luther on in Watchmen? And other such movies. And surprise, he's a lech hitting immediately on Paige, who is unsuitable dressed for a funeral, anyway. Well, I get it, she's a slut, but really, that outfit for a funeral? Oosh. Moving on to Dorothy's house, where surprise, she's rich, stinking fucking rich, and her daddy has a mail order bride. She also has a Valentine's car waiting for her, same. Roses are red, violence are blue, they're going to need dental records to identify you, GM. Again, very My Bloody Valentine. Oh, and this is where we're first introduced to Gold Digging Campbell, played by Daniel Cosgrove of Beverly Hills 9021 fame and countless other soaps. Um, boy, does it show his acting is fucking horrendous. Again another despicable man trying to worm his way into the girls' lives, so don't to ask him to stay even though a it's painfully obvious all he wants is your money and b she doesn't even know his second fucking name <sighs> moving on to kate's apartment and yet another horror movie reference with a shower scene straight out of psycho because this guy has not an original thought on his fucking mind <sighs> moving on <clears throat> so she hears a noise and investigates in a towel and somehow the water gets cut off So she has to use toilet water. Gross. Even though, if you notice, her hair doesn't have anything in it. Even though at the start of the scene she had gunky shampoo or conditioner, whatever the fuck it was in her hair. It was everywhere. What annoys me is on the director's commentary, he says this is a one long continuous shot which is fucking bullshit because the shampoo disappears. Her phone goes and somehow the cherub breaks in, leaves the mask in the lift, that's elevator, for American listeners, doors down the hallway for some bullshit reason. And this is where we are introduced to creepy neighbour Gary, played by Claude Domo, who is a bit part TV actor and has an annoying habit of speaking in rhyme. Can we have a date, Kate? I won't be late, Kate, and so on and so forth. On to Lily watching videotape dates. God this is so naughty nineties. God um how desperate. So she rejects guy after guy gleefully with Paige egging her on again. What is this? Was the other way around and we saw some sexist guys slagging off women up in bloody arms, but no, this is a- f moving on. Anyway, back to the movie, and there's a knock at the door, and someone has left chocolates and a card. This is another thing that annoys me the sheer size of the apartment these two girls are living in. How the fuck do they afford it? They're students? Come on, really? Anyway, moving on, the card reads Tis a well known fact that beauty is skin deep. Savour the taste you are what you eat. Love. GM. And this is where all the girls die the way they rejected Jeremy. One said, In your sleep, she dies lying down. One says, I'd rather eat maggots, she gets maggot filled chocolate. Another said, You'd rather be boiled alive, she gets what she could eat in a hot tub. So she opens the chocolates and is shocked when they're filled with maggots. Apparently, these were fake maggots because the actress refused to eat maggots and there's a whole elaborate thing about the robotic in this box moving on. This is where I start to notice the product placement with Pepsi Cans and Minute Maids and Filview. Also what Lily like, is a trend jumper with the red Kabbalah prayer beads. Remember them from the Naughties? They were everywhere. Even Will and Grace had a quick jab at them. So her and Paige rattle off the men she has slept with starting with their jm J- initials until they get to jeremy milton so they openly mock jeremy and then say they feel sorry for him on to paige and kate discussing the chocolates at lily's boyfriend's quote art exhibition which is basically softcore porn they also discuss kate finding the mask outside her flat red herring alert jason from the speed date is also an art show but says nothing and stares and then off. God, a lame at drama there. So Lily shows off her boyfriend Max, played by John Whit- Johnny Whitworth, who later starred in Ghostwriter's Spirits of Vengeance. Paige then goes off and hits on Campbell until Dorothy introduces him to the girls. The four girls then discuss the mass chocolates at Jeremy Milton. So all four girls walk off into the pervy-ass maze and it's all very late 90s arty-farty bullshit video wall crap. This is where, surprise, his boyfriend is a perv and wants a three-way right there in the maids. Yeah, really, what we'll, we'll gave it away? The fact is has get half-naked fucking men and women all over the video screens. Really, love. So she runs off offended and she gets stopped by the cherub killer who offs her with a bone arrow and she ends up falling into the trash. Oh I forgot every time the killer kills he has a nosebleed. Something very important for the fucked up ending. Cut to one of Campbell's former scams, Ruthie. Played by Hedgie Burris, who went on to voice many video game characters, and she demands her money back because Campbell has scammed her with her RobMeBlind.com thing. So, on to Kate and Adam on a non date date discussing the art show and the mask. The Then it cuts to the girls discussing Shelly's death and Detective Vaughn hands Dorothy a sympathy card with so sad too bad Jeremy written in it. This is where the girls spill on what happened to Jeremy and why. Then Dorothy outside the house once the police has went tells the truth says she wasn't attacked and indeed made it up because she was the fat one where the other ones were the slutty one, the poppy one, the rich bitch etc etc. In a lame way of trying to point her as the killer. Hmm, doesn't work, sorry. So then it now shows Kate researching Jeremy because she works on a paper even though it is never mentioned in the movie ever and finds a report on the incident uh, on the Valentine's dance of 1988 saying Jeremy attacked Dorothy. And then gets into a fight. He is then put into mental ward for x months of years. Surprise! Not Jeremy. Adam pops up even though Borianes is way too old to be in the same school as these girls. He was what, 32? When these were supposed to be in their early 20s. Like 22, 21, 20 and so on and so forth. Yes, terrible. He says they were supposed to be on a date and was stood up and was sitting waiting for half an hour. Hmm. So she tells him the whole story, uh, but he bats it off saying it's a revenge of the nerd wet dream coming true. Yes, moving on. That everything will be alright. Yeah, because he is the killer and she was the only one that didn't reject him. And said maybe later at the actual dance. Hmm. Cut to Detective Vaughn telling the girls Jeremy Melson has vanished and his parents had died earlier. And then he shows him a lay mask computer mock-up on what he could potentially look like. Yeah, the last one being David Borane's Spiked Frosty Hair The Works. So the girls tell Detective von Lily is an Ellie and her boyfriend is a skeezy artist. So Detective Vaughn unsubtly hits on Paige asking all the girls do they have boyfriends. She says no. And then he asks Kate. She says yes, Sorter. But she has known him a while. That his mother and father live in Seattle, etc, etc, etc. And finally Dorothy's boyfriend Campbell. Who she met three weeks earlier at yoga. That doesn't even know his second name. So Dorothy storms off. And Kate leaves too, leaving Paige to get hit on yet again by Detective Vaughn. Again, a total squeeze. This is why every single man in this thing is either an idiot or a sleazy bastard. Onto Kate's apartment where the cherub killed Kate's creepy neighbour with an iron to the face multiple times after getting caught trying to steal her underwear. And you're not supposed to think this is Borane's even though the previous scene that she was discussing her underbird going missing and getting all stretched out. It also shows him coming out of the apartment block right after the murder scene. Mm. This is where she gets a gift of a heart shaped lollipop. So she writes I owe you TLC on a tag and hands him it back very important this number on the tag changes from 6443 to 6335 in the same shot except the director saying this is a one take but because there was a guy hurling up down the street in his car trying to ruin the shot yet why does number change hmm. at then with the changes to 6329 in the pond with the detective's decapitated head also the handwriting is very different so okay, to case Inside Kate's flat, she notices the iron is unplugged and is somehow blood and brain matter free before almost braining Paige with it. Was that supposed to set Paige up as a potential killer? <sighs> lame. So Paige tells her Detective Vaughn hits on her yet again and to call dot and she is pissed that Campbell wants quiz for over two and a half hours. Detective Vaughn then calls again telling Kate that not to be alone and to stay with her friends. Yes, great detective work there, mate. Cut to Shelly's house and the hot tub where she gives gold digging Campbell a, forgive me, gift of a solid gold Rolex. The two have sex and of course he's terrible in bed because that's funny, isn't it? Tee hee hee hee. You know, it's just lame-ass feminist horror. Well, Dorothy is in the shower, Campbell surprises her with a cheap-looking gold pendant, a red herring, as he is off for hours on end. Campbell trying to empty Dorothy's dad's bank account, and then Campbell gets sent down to the boiler room to light the pilot light of the boiler, because a big huge house like this has one crappy-ass 80s boiler, yeah, reality there, and gets offed by the killer with an axe to the head or back, rather. Red herring, maybe because he is offed suspiciously from the back by the killer, even though how would they kill him when he's down in the basement? hmm moving on. Did Dorothy set him up for that one? I'm not sure. Later at night the party's in full swing, and Dorothy is eating over much overeating very much so, by knocking back chicken wings and knocking back Champagne because Campbell is able. Q Boreanes. Looking like he walks straight off the set of Angel to do a couple of pickup shots. So Paige hooks up with the guy from Speed Date. He turns out to be a skize, so she picks up another guy and takes him upstairs. Actually, this is the guy from Speed Date, we must say. The guy from Speed Date. And Madonna's his dick after he tries to get her to suck it by quote waxing it. I should say to Madonna a dick. Is to pour red hot wax from a candle directly onto the erection, and it's from her terrible movie Body of Evidence. Think if this was the other way around, if he poured it onto her tits, or even worse, would you think this would actually get passed by MPA? I think not. Lucy gate crashes the party and tells Dorothy the necklace is hers and Campbell is only after her gold, aka her trust fund. He doesn't love her at all, and he just loves the money. So Max hits on Kate, telling her Lily never made it to Los Angeles. It then shows Campbell's scam victim sneaking back into the party after the girls have tossed her out. I'm rifling through bags and coats until she finds the gold watch given to Campbell earlier. After some more sneaking around, she stumbles across the cherub dragging the body of a maid and is chased and then offed in the showroom by getting thrown through the glass door and pushed onto the glass shards. Cut to Kate telling Dorothy that Max told her that Lily never made it to Los Angeles. So they look for Paige, but then Kate gets a call from Detective Vaughn saying that the guy they were holding, that's the guy from the speed date, they had to let go because they had no evidence to prove him being a killer. Yet another red hen, I'm not sure, and he's at the party, so she should stay put as the detective is going to come and try and save her. Cut to Adam, knocking back champagne as Kate catches him, and they have a little fight as she storms off. On to Paige's death in the hot tub, with the cherub first miraculously teleporting by leaving a rose on the other side of the hot tub, even though she doesn't see him. Mm. anyway so he attacks her by throwing her into the hot tub and then gets a drill from somewhere and drills through the glass protection doors of the hot tub and then tosses in the drill and which gets her yeah this is a complete fucking mess to be honest jeez so Paige's death causes a power outage and the place just empties what nobody checks the fuse box nope they just pour out of the house and Dorothy. and Dorothy tells Kate it could be Adam, well no shit, which leads to one of the worst jokes in the movie. Yeah, he's no angel, but he's no killer either. Lame. Dorothy points out that she didn't know he was an alcoholic either and to fight over the boyfriend so Dorothy storms off. Kate de- decides to call the detective as it's been hours since he called her so she hunts down his ringing phone and finds his decapitated head floating in the pond where she finds that the IOU TLC note by the way number on it is now 6329 well done the continuity editor and his terrible head fake head is bobbing around in the water so kate runs back into the dark empty house and she is stalked by adam not jeremy milton he actually tells her he is the killer, oh come on movie, really, it's actually him, it's been me all along. Ugh. He asks for one final dance and this time he gets it, as she finally figures all out in her pretty little head. She needs him in the balls and runs off to find Dorothy's rooms completely trash but no sign of Dorothy. Again, Adam stalks after Kate and this is where she finds the bodies in great Halloween tradition. First pages, then Campbell's scam victim, but only after she brains Adam with the wine bottle, actually a champagne bottle, which wasn't in the script and Boranes wasn't expecting it. She then runs off and finds a gun, which she stumbles around with and knocks out the magazine. She puts it back in without cocking it, then goes hunting for the killer through some of the worst tartan wallpaper I have ever saw. Who the? decorates their house like that. I mean at the top of the stairs, the cherub pushes Kate down the stairs and both fall. Now according to the director's commentary, this was actually done by the actress herself as he wanted this to be a real reaction. So he almost breaks the bloody actress's neck because he wants a real scare reaction from her and she falls down the fucking stairs backwards. Anyway, Adam then fills the body full of bullets and surprise reveal, it's Dorothy Law. Yeah. Hm. After Adam calls the cops, Kate and him cuddle and surprise, he has a nosebleed. Which means it was him all along, Ta dan, dan So that was Valentine, a weak ass wannabe cult classic with some terrible kills. However, it does have one major plus, and that's that creepy-ass mask. But it let down with some terrible acting and some shit editing. Four out of ten. So don't forget to follow me on Twitter at here's Johnny's Pod. And email me with his suggestions at reviews time. at gmail.com. Also, follow me on SoundCloud. Come back next week for the start of March Monster Madness, where I'll look at Gremlins 1 and 2. Anyway, bye! around it's Come back next week for the start of March Monster Madness where I'll look at Gremlins 1 and 2.